hit record. Now I'm good to go. All right, everyone. Um, welcome back to the Archery Coach Cast. Uh, this is uh, a really, this is a different episode. This is a, a, an episode on a topic that we haven't really touched yet. Um, but as age old bow hunters, I should say, Doc and myself, Larry will be joining us here in a little bit. I did text him, Doc, uh, while we were talking, and okay, he, good. Yeah, he's gonna join us. But you know, we're we're approaching the the archery season, the end of competition season, and the beginning of archery season here in Pennsylvania. So we are talking about that transition. You know, making that um is is you know what is the what is the shift in your mindset in your archery training and stuff you know and i know doc has some thoughts on that because well doc why don't you take it from here this is episode 21 this is that shift that that the shift from competition to to bow hunter but you had some words and some thoughts on that so why don't you sort of take this one bull by the horns and run with this topic right now well, if I had the bull by the horns, I wouldn't have to run. I just get on a sucker and ride. <laughs> uh, what brought brought this to my mind is, uh, and just let me start again. Yeah, no we, problem. We we've been doing a series on the health of our elite athletes and those who are uh, aspire to be elite athletes, and. Um, and that has really been brought to the foreground uh, by the uh, Olympics in, in Tokyo, and and not you know not just archery. I mean that's been our major interest for many of us, but but other sports as well. And and so we we've been addressing that from the point of view of of, of coaches who who work with uh, elite athletes and getting them really ready for for the olympic competitions and, and so forth and and last week uh well we we, we talked with the coach dick tone some time ago and uh and and uh, uh oh man the name escapes me the fellow who was the gold medalist uh, just a few weeks ago we had on frank okay. mr barr jay barr yes, jay barr and so forth so we, you, we, we've been addressing that because it really needs to be a major concern, especially for, for coaches and, and parents uh, and, uh, and, and, and the athlete themselves. And, and then last week we had uh, a mother and her son on who uh, that fella is, uh, is now a very mature athlete. He's in his mid-30s. And, and they were addressing the, the looking back all the years getting to that point. And he's been in numerous competitions and, and is extremely well medaled, especially he's a, a gymnast and in high bar and uh, steel rings. And he, and he holds, uh, according uh, to what uh, I, I've seen and so forth, and many of us know he holds really a world world records in in both of those not not in 
uh, not in the uh, Olympics, although he had trained himself this year for that as well. And um, so this last weekend, uh, I'm part of an archery club that has a, a really great uh, 3D ranges around uh, uh, Morgantown, Pennsylvania. And uh, I'm uh, my, my role there is generally in the kitchen and uh, which overlooks the practice range. And when I'm not uh, uh, taking thing, care of things in the kitchen, uh, then I look out on the range and I sort of am the uh, quasi range master. And as I was doing that back and forth, and that happens every time we, we have an event. And uh, these are usually on Saturday and Sunday, one, once a month events. We have our three day coming up soon on uh, Labor Day weekend. Um, all of a sudden I could hear on the practice range people talking about make, making a, a change in, 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 in what they were doing. And as Frank said, sort of getting, moving, not away from, but adding to their competitive uh, mode. And, and, and many of these people that shoot there are very competitive archers in 3D. And, uh, you know, well, uh, well credentialed in what they've done. But what I was hearing were, was the, the beginning of the excitement. We're just a, a short, we're no more than about a month away or so uh, with the uh, whitetail deer season beginning uh, for the 21-22 season in Pennsylvania. And people are beginning to address that and talk about it. They have their game cameras out. And they see a buck here and so forth. And there, you could the, the beginning of the of the excitement, and that was sort of fun. And and watching them uh, changing their sights, uh, a number of people were removing from their uh, compound bows, re re removing their uh, very sophisticated. Uh, uh, multi-pin and some some of them electronic uh, sight devices from compound bows and going back to a, a much more simple uh, a, a scope sight that maybe has three pins or even one pin because that's what they hunt with and they're, they're re, they were re-sighting their bows in and so forth. So it occurred to me that now we've addressed some of the things about the elite athlete and we're on, we're on a bit of a hiatus from that right now because of scheduling. Uh, the Olympics is over. Pe people are beginning to reorient themselves. What are they going to be doing next? And archery now is continuing on with the various other competitions. But the, some of the people we wanted to have for this week couldn't be there because they're traveling to the next event. And it just occurred to me, why don't we open this up today with just the about the excitement of getting ready for a hunting season and, uh, and, and what people do to do that and how they uh, uh, tune, tune up or retune their equipment, uh, what, what equipment do they use, if they hunt from tree stands, making sure they visit the stands that they may have permanently, making sure they're safe, et cetera, and so forth. So, so this is to, to address some of that and um, and also uh, it occurred to me uh, because we have m many people offshore of the United States here that, that are part of our program 
uh, that that may not be your experience because hunting uh, at the level it is here in the United States is generally not a public event in many, many countries, if at all. And uh, so it's a bit of an American thing, uh, possibly. Um, I can certainly remember as a kid, I, 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 once I saw the first leaves <laughs> falling off the trees, I mean, I was like a, a, a little biggle hound after the rabbit, you know. Uh, my full attention turned to hunting because I, I was a farm kid and the, the harvests were coming in. And after the harvest, then we picked on the animals that ate part of our harvest during the year. And, and it was it was a lot of fun. So these are this is a this will be a very short series, maybe a, a couple of weeks at the most, and then we'll come back to the our interest and concern about elite athletes and sure and and, 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 and what we can do uh, not only as, as as parents but as coaches and athletes. Uh, uh, to make sure that uh, persons are well taken care of, uh, not only physically, but emotionally, uh, socially, and, and, and so forth, and that they don't become hurt in many ways, uh, and sometimes permanently hurt uh, uh, through their uh, sport or overtraining or misuse of their uh, activities with entirely too much for too long. So that's my little speech about this and just open it up. Uh, I see our friend Coach Larry Wise is with us and uh, Frank started off Larry with the idea of talking with some of the, uh, some of the old hunters and, and uh, age old, I think he's age old hunting and hunters. And I have both those conditions, age and old. Now you, <laughs> have the, you have some age, but you're not old yet. So that's I, where we are. I could tell you, okay, Larry, do you have audio? Yes. Okay, just making sure. Am I on? Yeah, you're good. You're good. We got you now. Hello, everybody. Um, we have about 20 viewers on online at the moment. Um, Excellent. So... Uh, I'll tell you though, I am definitely in uh, like, so I got outdoor nas target nationals coming up this week. And then after that, there's a, there's a lull in competition world. So, but I definitely have been struck by the bow hunting bug. Probably, I think it was not last week, but the weekend before, I don't remember what day it was. It was like a really cool 60 degree morning. And I was like, mm -hmm. Oh, this feels like fall. And it's, it's, as soon as you get that one, Chris morning, <laughs> and you're like oh man yeah. I, I know that feeling I know where so and then you know then that resulted in me picking up my hunting bow that resulted in me and um, son going spotting and saw, we saw some absolute Pennsylvania giants out spotting that will probably disappear somewhere in the game lands come you know October but we saw, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, we saw at least eight buck while spotting. And for those of you that aren't allowed to do that or whatever in Pennsylvania, um, preseason, you're allowed to spot up until 11 PM, um, you know, from your vehicle with binoculars, you know, stuff like that. You just not allowed to have any weapons on you, whatever. Um, and they're just absolute giants. Like I'm, 
Pennsylvania Giants, I'm talking, you know, like one one thirty ish across the board. Maybe a couple that were bigger. I mean, huge, but they were two three hundred yards off the road. You know, nowhere near. You know, the one <laughs> the one that was close was about maybe seventy five hundred yards. You know, it was that that thing was an absolute stud. So, you know, you start then if that happens, and like last night I was out in the one property I hunt you know, with the scope and on my window, like I have one of those, uh, I have a, an attachment that goes over my window. Like, so my brain, like my shift is happening, but the one thing that doesn't change for me so much is my shooting because my competition, you know, I I'm shooting, I shoot a lot of high volume ends for competition, but you know, for hunting, I bet you I shoot less arrows for hunting but it's a different, it's different. I'm not shooting um, hundreds of arrows in preparation for a competition, but the mindset is exactly the same in accuracy and my approach to the shot, nothing changes. So, you know, I, I hear a lot of people talk about the, their shift or their change, or oh, I got, I want to make this change. I want to, now's the time to make the change people. If you are making changes, getting ready for hunting season, but um you know, don't wait until September 15th to make a change for an October 2nd start on your season. You know what I mean? Or, or the night before you decide you need a new string. Yeah. And you come to Larry and we make a new string and have the car lights on the target. <laughs> I've done that already for a guy. Yeah, I guess I mean, <laughs> mishaps happen, but yeah. I, did, I did last year, as a matter of fact, uh, probably in like August. I, uh, loading my bow with my broadhead, I nipped my string on my, on my, uh, recurve. So, cause so, so for those of you who don't that know, I, I hunt a little bit with compound, uh, mostly just to film for bowhunting.com. Um, and for like my personal grass hollow archer YouTube page, but most of the time I hunt, I've, I've I, last year was my full year, first full year hunting bear bow. This year, I plan to do the same. So um, my quest right now is to shoot a Pennsylvania whitetail with a traditional bow. So, but yeah, loading the bow, that broadhead just kissed it and bink, didn't go all, the whole thing didn't go, but it was like, and I just, oh my gosh, what did I just do? That might have been. that uh, up in a tree stand in Kansas at 7.15 in the morning. Oh. <laughs> I reached out with my camp saw to get this twig. <laughs> I got the twig, but it, it broke under pressure. And my camp saw hit the bowstring. So the bow, of course, blew up, fell to the ground oh. with the arrow, with my release aid. And I looked down there on the ground. And I thought, I'm done hunting this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I would say so. Yeah. And immediately back to the car and got out of there before I, you know, no sense staying around the camp saw. I can't throw the camp saw and hit a deer. So but you could try. It might be a little unethical. I don't know. But so I guess, Doc, let's talk about some of the conversations you heard and, and, you know, or the conversations we hear and what, what's, what's your, for you, both of you guys, what, what are you doing getting ready for bow season? Because, you know, my, like I said, my shooting volume doesn't change, but maybe the dynamics of what my practice is changes. Um, but, 
you know, I'm still tuning a bow and doing bow setups right at this point in time. I'm, but I'm shooting a lot. So now's, now's a transition for maybe non-competitors, you know, what's that transition? What are you doing? Well, how much are you upping your volume or not? Or what are you doing that's different than, than the rest of the year? Mm-hmm. Well, for me, you know, I, I have this exposure to the people because of being at the archery club and, we, we usually start our uh, 3D uh, once, one weekend a month uh, uh, experience up there in uh, March, weather permitting, and last couple of years the weather didn't permit. Uh, so April for sure, and then we go through to September shoot, which is a three-day Labor Day holiday uh, shoot. And you, and you see the more or less the regular people coming that, that you've seen there many, many times before. They hardly ever miss a shoot, and they go to all a variety of other places, too. And they're very competitive with their shooting. About this time of year, then, now, as we're about a month out from uh, the hunting season, then you'll see a few other people, uh, and, and I'm not putting these folks down, but it concerns me for a couple different reasons and and these are the folks that archery hunt and and, and many of them are using compounds bows because it's sort of easier to stay accurate if your bows still accurate from last year it probably will be okay for this year unless you're monkeyed with it and um <laughs> but they they sort of don't practice year round the people that are practicing year round and Go out hunting. Uh, my, at least my thought is they probably could place an arrow in in, in the in in the kill zone of of a deer. Uh, but some of the other folks that only practice a little bit beforehand to make sure they can still pull it back. Uh, I wonder about that, and and I'm I'm I try to be, and I know my my friends here on the screen with me uh, very much this way too. I, I try to be a, 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 an ethical hunter. And I mean that even if I'm shooting a squirrel or, or whatever. It, and I can't, that comes from my farming background. I mean, we, we raised animals to, to eat them and sell them. But if we, if we couldn't dispatch them properly uh, that the, the, there wouldn't be a, a, even a moment of, 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 of misery. That would be our goal when, when we were getting ready to, to, to uh, butcher animals. We raised hogs and we had you know, chickens and so forth. We were dairy farmers, occasional uh, dairy cow would be, maybe be butchered. But, so it, 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 it comes down to ethics for me. If you if you can't place an arrow well in, a, in the kill zone of the deer, don't shoot. And I, I have had many deer cross my path over the years where I couldn't get that shot. And, and I, I either pulled back and let down again, or I, I never pulled in the first place. So that, that's one of the things that concerns me. And, and, um, and I guess it comes down to practice, you know, if you're going to be a good archery hunter then and an ethical hunter mm-hmm. practice and have your routine of practice and, and 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 if you can't get the right shot don't take it 
there there will probably be another opportunity. And if there isn't, you 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 still have have that memory of the the hundred and forty point buck underneath your stand looking up at you. You couldn't get the right shot at. You, know? you never forget that one. So. I've had that happen. Yep. Yep. Just in. Yeah, the 160 get by me one day in Kansas. Just couldn't, he just wouldn't stop. He wouldn't, yeah, just no cooperation at all. (laughs) Uh, That actually happened to me on my very first hunt as a 12-year-old here in Pennsylvania. Um, My very first day, it was an all-day sit. My dad climbed up a ladder stand. This is your post. You're going to be here all day long, literally from dark to dark. And um, it was, it was probably, probably it was the evening, maybe right before dark. So like six, seven o'clock, something like that. First day of the season. I don't remember what time, you know, what time it gets dark or whatever, about an hour before and a four pointer and some dough came out to my right, like 45 yards. And then, they're out in the field. I'm watching. I'm thinking I'm shooting at this four pointer and I'm super pumped standing there in this tree stand, probably shaking like a leaf. And this deer comes all of a sudden they just, they look back and they're boom, they're gone. They're running across the field. So, you know, I'm standing there with my recurve. I, I was hunting with a bear or no Browning Cobra recurve with a Cobra single pin sight on the front, you know, the gold pin, remember those? little mm-hmm. bracket site with the goal yeah center mm-hmm. you know and i'm watching and this those deer take off and i'm looking at where they went i look over to my right isn't there a giant 10 pointer standing out in front of me about 35 yards and i'm looking at i no sir do i turn to look at him and he takes off running and i'm very first experience ever didn't know better than think, oh, why are they looking up the hill? And then why did they run and think there must be something else coming behind them? Yeah. Hmm. Now you know. Oh, I remember that day like it was yesterday. Uh, Fortunately, yeah. it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was yeah. uh, a few years ago, approximately 40. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, what I'm doing right now is uh, a week ago, I pulled my hunting bow back. How'd that go? And, and um, well, I got it back. <laughs> okay. But it pointed out to me, I've been shooting my 42 pound uh, target bow. Right. And, and I've been shooting every four or five days. I go out, I, I shoot some. Uh, but my hunting bow is 54 pounds. And I, I've got to do some work now. So in the next couple of weeks, I've got to get myself conditioned to drawing that 54-pound bow. Uh, but I have some expectations when I draw that bow. I need to be lo- looking at the target. My eyes need to be focused on the target. I have to be able to raise the bow to the target and draw without looking away from the target. And so I need practice at that, obviously, you know, and that, that's what my little episode a week ago told me. So uh, stretch bands and, and just generally working with that hunting bow. Because uh, I've got to be able to draw it uh, 
and draw it to the target without looking away from the target. So that's, that, that's my training right now. It, and uh, can you can you elaborate on that? Because a lot of bow hunters out there are thinking, well, I look at the target when I draw my bow, but I think the reason that you're, I'm 99.9% sure, the yeah. you're emphasizing that is because you're able to draw the bow under control and be able to come into anchor instead of having to do one of these. Oh, oh, right. Or yeah, I'm not, I'm not of, over bow. One of these, hmm. and I don't think that most bow hunters understand how they're contorting their body to draw back excessive weight, or they have to really yeah. hitch into it to get it to come back that they're setting the tone for an inaccurate shot yeah that yeah i have to be able to draw my but it's only 54 pounds and maybe since my last birthday i need to turn that down to 52 pounds we'll we'll see you know but i think i can condition to the 54 uh it's a rather smooth cam so uh, and, and that's why i use it i can draw and I can draw it with my posture set, head turned to the target, eyes on the target, and I can raise and draw it uh, without difficulty. Uh, yeah, you have to set your upper body posture before you raise the bow. And if you have too much draw weight, and many do, uh, they're all torqued out of position. And by then the target's gone. <laughs> you know out in the field you know if it's a deer uh they can't draw stealthily and so the target's gone it just disappears on you real quick uh, yeah so you have to draw it under control uh so what do we mean by overboat uh, i would suggest that you sit in a chair and you know little one of the fold-out chairs that you get if you can sit on that chair, raise the bow and draw it, then you've got the right drawing. If you can't draw it sitting down on a chair, then you have too much drawing. So that, that's one little test that, that I give people to, to go by. Uh, yeah, with today's bows, you don't need 70 pounds. Yeah, this this buck back here, right here, my son killed that with a 42-pound bow. That's what he used. Uh, he had a broken collarbone at the time, uh, could only draw 42, and he couldn't, he had to draw, you know, across his belly and right. raise up. But uh, it killed that deer. That was a big buck. Big. <laughs> Uh, it only went, you know, 40 yards. So it, it's shot placement. And to get shot placement, you have to be able to raise the bow and draw it stealthily and accurately. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then you can get your good shots. Yeah. Make a good yeah. shot. So you mentioned about the, the chair uh, idea. 
that sort of implies that you would be maybe hunting from a uh, a, a blind or a stand, a tree stand. Mm-hmm. And so you, before your time of going out in the woods, which many people do not do, uh, go out and, 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 and visit that stand. If it's a permanent stand you have up on your own property somewhere or, or mm-hmm. with permission someplace else to make sure it's all right that there aren't limbs in the way or that the tree that the stands on hasn't blown down in the last windstorm and you get up there and you have a, a stand uh, that you could shoot horizontally from the ground. Um, make sure it's safe. Um, mm-hmm. The, I mean, I, I've you know known of archers who got into a stand and it fell from the tree and they fell from the tree with it and seriously hurt uh, one of them in, on a permanent basis. One who was very fortunate to get through it and he came through it fine after some period of time. Um, but all, a lot of that could have been avoided if you go out and visit that stand on a, mm-hmm. a, a non-hunting time and, and make sure things are, are right, that it's properly tied to the tree, your your shooting lanes are open, uh, all, all of that. Mm-hmm. So it's not just your equipment that you have in your hand to to try and uh, send an arrow down range, but it's also the uh, equipment you might be using in, in, in the field. So you wanna do these things safely in order to have another year of enjoyable hunting. Yeah, level of comfort with your equipment is, and not just your archery equipment, but using your archery equipment with that other equipment is crucial. I mean, I hunt, last year I hunted from the saddle for the first time, and um, it's it's an awkward, it's a little bit of an awkward thing. I'm not afraid of heights by any means. I climb ladders and go into burning buildings and stuff. I don't care about heights and all that other nonsense, but at, uh the acquisition of drawing a bow especially a traditional bow out of a saddle hanging off of a tree with stuff everywhere and not having you know i'm not going to have optimum stance hunting from a saddle that i would have no you're not talking about a saddle on a horse no i'm not talking about (laughs) talking about a saddle hanging in a tree almost like um someone who does professional tree cutting like i'm hanging out of the tree in a saddle with my feet on a platform in almost a sitting almost a sitting position i don't i don't sit down that far but i'm you know somewhere in between with a with a strap around my back to give me some back support you know so that i can move around and still the only thing that i do or the thing that i focus on is just in that situation, hunting from the saddle is I try to make sure that my alignment is absolutely crucial to making an accurate shot because it's it's just it is the convenience and the stealthiness and the the of using a saddle is amazing, but you give or you you're giving up proper stance, proper posture probably some alignment with taking on that you know so there's a there's i don't know i know people don't talk about this because most most bow hunters don't really dive into accuracy quite like target archers do you know they're softball from 
you know, 15 to 40 yards, they're pretty happy. You're going to kill an animal, but they, you know, and you know, some people are just stone cold killers. And when it comes to shooting deer, they're just, they're calm as can be, put them on the target line. It's the opposite. Um, you know, but when you're, when you're starting to take advantage of like those different types of hunting, um, uh, tools like a saddle versus a hang on a hang on versus a ladder stand, a climber versus either, or, you know, you're, you might be giving up some, some, you know, accuracy stuff. I, my favorite to this day, and I know it's not like super, super tough, but I love hunting from ground blinds that I can stand in. <laughs> That's by far my favorite because I feel so much more confident making that shot. I'm concealed. I don't have to worry about as much movement. Mm-hmm. I can stand up straight. I can shoot my bow the way I want to shoot my bow, but you know, it's not always, it's not always an option. Uh, not always an option. Right. Um, I do have a shooting test to pass along to people. And I've uh, passed this along whenever I'm doing a, a bow hunting seminar. Uh-huh. Uh, and that is uh, a single arrow test, a one shot practice test. And that would, you would do from 20 yards or 25 yards, one arrow, your hunting bow, a broadhead, of course, a broadhead target, and a paper plate. So the paper plate's your target, 25 yards. First shot, this has to be your first shot practice session. Are you able to hit the paper plate 25 yards on the first shot? Because this is what you have to do when you're out in the woods, out hunting deer. You have to make the first shot. No warm up, tense conditions. So can you do that in your yard? So if you can't do that in your yard on the first shot, then you've got some work to do. You know, you've got some bow tuning to do, some bow fitting. Maybe the bow needs to fit you better. Uh, maybe you're overbowed. You need to turn the draw weight down and sight in again. But you want to get that one-shot practice arrow into the paper plate at 25 yards. So that's a test. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good one. What's what's the standard diameter of a paper plate? Twelve. Oh, it's and... nine nine inches or thereabouts. But that's uh, that covers the lung size on the on the rib cage of a deer. Right. You know, picture that paper plate on the rib cage of a deer. Uh, you know, that's what you're trying to hit. We'd like to do better than that, but. <laughs> the, the conditions aren't perfect yeah i'm gonna do that i'm gonna i'm going to my hunting bow is at my shop right now i'm gonna take that home i'm gonna leave it at home every morning when i go out to get my coffee i'm gonna take a broadhead arrow yeah. i'm gonna put it on my um my broadhead deer target and i'm gonna put that paper plate up there and i'm gonna <laughs> I'm going to see where I'm at right now. I might even film this and put it on, on, uh, on our, on our Facebook page or our YouTube page. And this, the Larry wise 
bow hunter test. Yeah. Come out, shoot yeah, a single shot test, single shot practice session. Okay, doc. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I passed that along to to all, all the bow hunting seminars that I've done uh, as one way to get yourself ready to know if you're ready. Right. Yeah. If you can't do it in the yard. You're not going to do it out from the tree stand or the, or the blind, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good, that's an interesting dynamic though. You should change that to not just standing there shooting a controlled shot. You should try it sitting. You should try it kneeling. Yep. You should try yep. it, um, you know, from a makeshift platform because let's face it, you know, standing mm-hmm. on a platform that's, 20 feet in the tree that's you know yay big yeah versus standing on the ground is not the same shot so you know if you can go uphill downhill if you can do there's all all sorts of uh things i'm gonna make that too i'm gonna make my 14 year old do that as well um he's grown substantially since last year and i'm not gonna lie we did not change his draw length yet he hasn't even started shooting something hunting bow yet so that's probably next on his agenda as well yeah he's grown about three inches hasn't he oh man yeah <laughs> it, it, yeah you let me back in frank oh yeah you're you're good you're here doc uh, i think just your camera is off so you can, it is? yeah 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 you can you can turn that right back on and you're good to go i'll i'll, I'll send you a prompt there you go bud yeah when i uh got my son ready at age 12 uh-huh. Uh, he didn't turn 12 until uh, October 5th. So he had to sit out the first week or two of hunting season that year. But to get him ready at age 12, first he had to draw 40 pounds. Yeah. So I had a, a small compound that was a XI Prodigy. Really nice little adjustable compound for kids so he had that at 40 pounds and uh we had a deer target a rubber deer target and he had to shoot that with a broadhead at 15 yards that was his practice in the yard and from on top of the woodshed so we got him up on on the roof uh, so that he could practice shooting downhill because we were going to hunt from a tree stand. Uh, and that practice paid off. All right. It took him a couple of weeks. Yeah. We were doing that in August that year. So he was building himself up to draw that 40 pound bow. And uh, so by hunting season, he was ready. And first week of October, he got, a shot on a nice eight point and he killed it so uh, but we practiced we prepared for that so oh that's 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 really good um that's good information especially for the people out there with young shooters new hunters young um that are using the compounds for their first time or whatever their their hunting is the legal weight here in pennsylvania is 35 pounds um, my hunting recurve mm-hmm. is 50 pounds on the fingers, 
Um, I actually might dial that back a little bit because I don't feel like I need, need to hold that much weight. I like being able to be comfortable and hold a little bit longer. That's probably one of the major differences from compound to shooting a traditional bare bow style of hunting uh, bow is, you know, with a compound, I can stay a full draw forever. Well, it feels like forever. I'm not going to, the integrity of my, my form is going to break down a lot faster under the attention of a trad bow. So you know, it has to, the moment is the, the window of time that you can execute the shot is much smaller with a traditional bow um, versus the window of time with a compound. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. You know, so that practice has to mimic that. I have to be able to do that. I found out the hard way last year also that I need to spend more time with my knowing my distances because shooting compound I always ranged almost every animal that was, unless it was less than 20 yards. If it was less than 20 yards, I didn't worry about it. Um, I shoot with a, with, I tried to do that last year with my bare bow and it cost me two animals. One of which was I, one of which should have been good, but I, I think I, I don't know if I, I think I discussed it in a previous podcast. Um, and when I ranged the tree that the animal was walking in front of, I ranged the sapling in front of the tree and I got the sapling instead of the tree. And it showed me like seven yards shorter than what it actually oh. was. Uh, yeah. Don't, that, that makes a difference. Seven yards. makes Oh a difference. man. With a traditional bow, <laughs> that seven yards was the difference between a pinwheel mm-hmm. and the heart and uh, at yeah. the bottom of dirt. Dirt. That arrow, she's that scared the crap out of her. I was public land. I was hunting with my assistant coach here at GHA, and that arrow dove and it hit a rock and it sparked everywhere. <laughs> and she took off running. And I looked at him and he's like, That looked like a good shot. I said, It was a good shot. And then I ranged the bottom of the tree and or a straight instead of the bottom of the tree. And it was 29 yards instead of 20, uh, 22. <laughs> That I shot it for. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, the trials and tribulations of a new trad archer. I'll tell you that much. But yeah. I think another good thing to explore, maybe on, on our, our, if we continue this next week, <clears throat> would be, uh, you know, uh, hunting by yourself, hunting with another person or, or not other people. Uh, I feel you need to do it differently. You need to know where people are. If you go out by yourself, and we, we did this even on our own farm back in Western Pennsylvania when I was a kid, because it was fair acreage. Um, you you let someone know where you are, where you're going to be, and that's mm-hmm. before there were you know the walkie-talkies and other kinds of cell, cell phones weren't even a concept back then. Phones were barely a concept. And uh, because things can happen, and maybe someone needs to be able to find you uh, if, if you're yeah. a hard guard, and and let people know when, where you're going to be. When do I intend to be back? Another good thing I think to explore was, and I did, did this for with a fellow that Larry and I trained a number of years ago. He'd never hunted. He talked with me about hunting. And I, I said, I'd, I'd love to take you out. This is a very mature. Well, uh, Larry would know, and, and I put him up in a tree where I knew a buck was coming through, and about what time it would come, what it would probably do, where it would be eating, or what it would be eating. 
and he thought, boy, this guy's full of stories. And, and all these things happened in the sequence. And then I told him when he shot, and he became a very good shot with his compound, that you shoot the lethal shot, even if the deer's laying there on the ground. Don't get out of your stand until you call me with your cell phone, and I'll be on my way over before we go up to the deer. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Is and I told him also, if the arrow isn't sticking in the deer, you can't see it. Find your arrow first, even if you see the deer down, because that's a great way to move an arrow. Because then, you, and then that in the woods it could hurt somebody. So there's a lot of things that we could explore up there. Safe and valuable hunting. In fact, yeah. this fellow wrote a story uh, for my for my uh, book. That was, I was I should have him read that on our program. He's a very good writer. And he said, it, all of a sudden, here came this buck. I had told him the exact deer doing the exact things and so forth. And he said that was just, it was like in a, in a dream. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It was a lot of fun. But well, if people can become disoriented in the woods if they're in a place they don't know, and they're chasing after a deer, and it's better to let it go for a while anyhow and make sure it's, it's, it's expired. There's so, a lot of topics, a lot of potential topics there across oh, the Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot. But, well, I uh, I know we talked about trying to keep this one short. We're uh, we're already almost we're forty five <laughs> minutes in as usual. Doesn't take long. Uh, no. Talking to you guys is like uh, it's, it's my wife reminds me all the time. It, oh, I'll just be a minute, honey. <laughs> never, never, ever yeah. at work. Um, but well, I think we will continue continue this uh sort of series or topics as we get closer to hunting season maybe even get updates of our own um you guys you know start we all need to shoot a little bit more in regards to that i will be traveling this week so my hunting bow is going to be here in pennsylvania mm -hmm. i'll be going to richmond virginia but um you know maybe uh we update a little bit to everyone where we're at in the process of preparing for the hunting season Yep. All right. Yep. Yep. I'll try to shoot some broadheads this week. Yeah. Well, I won't be doing that yet. I'll have to wait till I get back, but unfortunately. It's the same bow I had last year, so I should be good. I just need to get acclimated to it. That's all. Um, <laughs> anything else for you guys? No, looking forward to talking more about getting ready for hunting. I am and too. We, and we will come back to our other series uh, in a couple of oh, weeks. Yeah, yeah there's lots to do. To on that again. Yeah. 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 I'm excited for that. Hopefully, we have we have some really uh, awesome guests, you know, sort of in the um, slated to, to come on in the future. So we'll, we won't put that out there yet, but we'll wait till it's confirmed. <laughs> um, and then uh, also, I had mentioned this before casually, but I'm letting you guys all know, watch for uh, the, the Patreon link to come through. Um, you know, the Archery Coach Cast content is free. We, we do this, we organize, we get these, this information together. We do all this stuff to not only um, promote all of archery, but just to help coaches and shooters and everyone and parents and out there 
with navigating their archery journey. And if the coach cast is valuable to you, um, please visit our Patreon page uh, and, and look for that in the links to this podcast to help contribute, whether it's five bucks a week or 20 bucks a month, however you, whatever, whatever your capacity is. Um, I'll work on putting some like kind of special things in there uh, to help with the incentive and check that out because uh, that helps us, you know, with keeping this going and keeping this information coming. So that is very important. Um, it's a small aspect of today's world that we just can't get around. Nothing is free. Just remember that. Um, all right. I'm, I'm pretty good at this point. If you guys have anything else, we'll call it a day. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Hey. Thanks for the quick chat, Larry. I'm glad you were able to join us. Um, yep. yep. I'll see you guys. I'm sure I'll talk to you, but I'll see you guys next week. For all of those that yep. are watching, thanks again. Yep. Yeah. Let us know how you're doing. I will. Okay. Good luck. Yeah. yeah.